Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a very special guest on today. This guy is a the entrepreneur of entrepreneurs. I want to welcome Sean Castrina. Castrina to the show. Sean, welcome. Good to be here. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate you taking the time this morning. So, um, Sean, I, I started this show a couple of years ago. I've been very blessed in life and in business. And and I thought, you know, I gotta I gotta give back more and help help people. And that that's what this show's about is helping people have a breakthrough in in life and, and business. So um I think you've had a few of those, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, definitely. So let's start out with where you were born and raised. I was born in the Bronx, New York. Not that I remember any of that. And then we moved to Pennsylvania. Most of my remembering was, you know, through high school and middle school in Maryland. I was a high school wrestling state champion and got a division one scholarship to college. And wow. You know, the rest is kind of, you know, that's kind of the genesis of it all. And then I was in grad school and got let go from my dream job overnight and decided then that I would never be dependent on somebody for my income and or my, uh, you know, my any destination. You know, I I didn't want anybody to have control over anything because, you know, they that can slip out from under you at any time. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of was the genesis moment of, okay, let's take some control here and and go from there. So you, you, um, you were working for a company out of, out yeah, of college. I, yeah. I, out of college, I got my dream job in a pretty amazing way. I have one of those acquired personalities in that you love me or you hate me. And I'm one of the people that could care less either way. Um, you know, so it doesn't bother me, but I knew I needed to work in a big organization so that, you know, my aggressive, competitive tenaciousness would be appreciated and wouldn't intimidate. So yeah. I, I called a CEO of this company and I agreed to work for free for three months after graduation. And he was fascinated by that offer. And I was there for five years until there was a changeover in leadership. He was in his seventies left new leadership came in. They didn't want anybody that he was close to. He was a friend mm-hmm. of mine till the day he passed away in Charlottesville. Every time he was on the board of Liberty university, he'd stay in our guest house, he and his wife. And so it was a great situation. The guy that I directly worked for is still one of my best friends. His son was one of my business partners. So it was one of those all in bets out of college. Hey, let me come work for free. And, um, that yeah. worked great for five years until there was a leadership changeover and the rest is kind of history. So, so from there though, you, you, um, and I can relate by yeah. the way, you, 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 um, ended up starting your own, own deal, your own business. Yeah. What was yeah. the first business you got into? Yeah. The first thing I did when I got let go is you always get into sales. If you have any type of tenaciousness, everybody, Oh, Sean, come sell insurance. So I was selling life insurance, which is, you know, about easiest thing you can sell. And it's a high commission thing, but I yeah. didn't like it. But when I would go to meetings, you know, our, our staff meetings, there would always be super nice cars in the parking lot. Yeah everybody drove nice cars. Everybody made pretty good money. So I had an idea. Why don't I start a mobile detailing company? And I remember this is probably 27 years ago. This was not like a Vogue thing to do at the time. Yeah. So I was like, well, what if you could come to the parking lot, bring the water, clean the car in an hour while they're in a meeting to, you know, to me, that seemed great. And again, it was a business I didn't know anything about. I've never cleaned a car in my life, but it seemed like, what if, what if you could clean the car in the parking lot while they're at work there? I always say great businesses always come from what if, and I, I started it, made $30,000 a year of passive money while I was selling insurance. And that kind of was my test tube. That was my beta project that has led to 25 years of starting companies based on wow. service companies, based on what if, you know, love that. I, I had a detailed business back in my uh, early 20s as well. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And yeah. you know, what's funny about it is that even then, and this is where, you know, I didn't go to college for business um, psychology, which actually goes great with business because um, yeah. I know what I'm doing with a nut job. Um, but <laughs> even then I had the I had the fundamentals of what it took. In other words, the name of the company was Wax Master Mobile Detailing. How good of a name is that? Wax Master Mobile. It says exactly what we do. Yeah. Tagline, America's Choice in Mobile Detailing. Bold branding position. Yeah. Phone number. I still know it to this day, 27 years later. 
1-888-933-3824. We detail. So even then, in my very first business, I hit all the, the touch points that I use to this day. Yeah. Clear, bold name that has no geographical limitations. Love so we it. started a business that could be franchised. Waxmaster Mobile Detailing had an yeah. incredible logo. It was like a sponge that was kind of squeezed in the middle and looked like a guy and holding a hose. It was fantastic. America's Choice in Mobile Detailing. Nobody Love. was bold enough to say that. We said it from day one. You know, and just like having a you know a, a domain at the time, a toll free number back then was huge. Yeah, if you had one eight hundred or eight eight eight. You know, one eight eight eight. We detail. There you go. So yeah, it kind of fit Beautiful. all my fundamentals. And I've rinsed and repeated for 20 some years. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. yeah. Rinsed and repeated. And to I this day, it. I've never cleaned a car myself. That's awesome. Well, I have, and it sucks. Yeah. That's why I like <laughs> I, the detailing company. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so, um, where did, so how long did you have that business? Yeah, I had it for two years in Maryland. And then okay. I, we moved to Charlottesville, Virginia, because when I was in Maryland, I was advertising in a direct mail magazine that I really thought was a neat kind of a business. And they said that it was in a lot of other cities. So I asked, hey, who's, you know, I asked for some locations that might be available. And I had gone on a weekend vacation with my wife to Charlottesville at the time, it was in Money Magazine, it was the number one city in America to live based on SAT scores, crime, blah, blah, blah. So I asked them and they said, well, a couple of people have tried to get it off the ground in Charlottesville, but nobody has ever really been able to do anything with it. So I agreed. I was moved to Charlottesville based on the fact that I would launch this direct mail magazine, bringing my passive income detailing business. I was just going to advertise that in my magazine and foul pack things of that nature. And yeah, I launched it. I had that when I was in Charlottesville and about a year in, I ended up selling it to one of my detailing clients. I had a person who had a, a shop, but didn't have a mobile detailing. So it was, he loved the idea. I sold it, got out of it and focused on the magazine and the magazine I ended up developing into 23 cities and made a ton of money. And wow, that was my, that was my second, you know, business. And are you like at that point, you're still in your twenties, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. 29, I think at, at the, or, yeah. You know, yeah. 29. Wow. And then, and, and, and I know that from what I've, I've learned about you, you've, yeah. you've had multiple businesses over the years. Yeah. Um, I love service companies as a general. Yeah. Yeah. As a general so rule. did you sell those companies? So what I did is I had the magazine till 2008 and I sold that. It's and what I love, but this is what I take the most pride in. It's funny, my wife was driving around and she sent me a photo about six months ago at a traffic light of my original van from Waxmaster repainted oh. with the logo on it. Wow. So it gave me a great thought. I'm like, okay, 20 some years later, it's still still a durable business model. Wow. This Christmas, I got a copy of my direct mail magazine in Charlottesville and I grabbed it and it kept. So my two first businesses are both around 20 some years later. And wow. my third business, which I still own, and really I feel like I'm like the, you know, the Pablo Escobar of, of home improvements in Virginia is still around. So I have my first three businesses are around 20 years later. Wow. Because I don't, where I'm different than most people is that I don't, I don't need to be passionate about the business idea. I could care less. Yeah. I find a profitable idea based on some problem I've discovered or a need that I see, you know, businesses are either solve a problem, meet a need or satisfy a desire. There's your three reasons why you start any company. Right. So when I bump into that, I start a company. I could care. I don't care about auto detail. I've never cleaned a car in my life. I couldn't tell you the difference between two screwdrivers, but we make <laughs> millions of dollars in construction and the magazine. I had no background in, you know, advertising or anything like that. So yeah, I just, I find a need and then build the business around solving it. Wow. So, and, and I want to back up real fast. You said you moved to Pennsylvania. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was in Pennsylvania as a child. So I, I, as a child, we lived in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania for a few years. And then Maryland, we moved around a lot. Okay. Uh, Maryland's okay. where I went to middle school and high school, did sports, 
then I went to Liberty University for college. I got you. And then, and then I went to grad school back in Maryland at Bowie State when I was working, you know, at that company. Where's Bethlehem? What I've heard I of have that. No idea, but it's a beautiful you don't city. Know. I really, oh, yeah. yeah, I really don't know. Um, I just know we had a beautiful little Rick brick ranch house, and it was, you know, and all that. But I think I was like, we moved there when I was like. 10 or something like that. Uh, I, the only reason I ask is I detect a tiny slight bit of a Pennsylvania accent. My wife's yeah. from Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I definitely have a Northern speed yeah. of how I talk and, and, yeah. and um, yeah, I don't have anything Southern in my uh, background. By definitely any. not Brooklyn. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, no, I know. I know. I don't have yeah. the New York in me at, at yeah. all. Yeah. So, so, so you, man, that is that's it. And you said the, um, in the home improvement, what, what, what's the, yeah, home, again, this is my Genesis. This is my Genesis moment again. Yeah. Detailing. I'm staring at a parking lot. What if you could clean cars in the parking lot and people didn't have to drop their cars off or whatever. Yeah. Okay. What if, what if I could get this direct mail magazine to work in a city that nobody else could get it to work because this is an incredible city. Yeah. So I looked at what I thought they were doing wrong, addressed about three things that I could change. Simple yeah. little business idea. Like, why did it fail? I offered exclusivity, which is unheard of in, in advertising. Like if you were in my magazine and you were the pizza delivery person, there would be no other pizza delivery people. Wow. So that was gonna that was my unique selling position. That when I looked at it, I'm like, okay, it, nobody's been able to do this. Where are they lacking? Well, if I own a business and I buy pizza delivery, I don't want, if I buy, if I have a Domino's, I don't want Papa John's in there. It just right. diminished, whoever has the best offer gets all the calls. So it just diminished my advertising. So I allowed people to buy their competitor's space. So if they bought two ad positions, they own their competitor's space. And I did like a two for, you know, a two for type of deal. And that was an absolute home run hit. Magazine was loved. I, Every issue I had like 98% renewals and five people on the phone that wanted space. So, wow. yeah, but that was a great, unique selling position. The second thing I did that was different is I didn't sell the front cover in that you couldn't put a pizza buy on the cover. I only put kids on the cover from ages like two to like nine, you know, that's where they're cute, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just, so it had, you know, a kid in a stroller, a kid throwing a softball, whatever. You can buy those pictures. They're stock pictures. You can buy them at, you know, they have them online. Yeah. That's what kids do modeling for. So right. I can go through and pick out all these cute photos. So I would either do that type of photo or you could buy the front cover. You couldn't promote anything. It could be your kid. So that was really popular too. So, so two wow. unique selling advantages and this works in business. So again, it failed for two other people. What did I do different? I did exclusivity because I said yeah. to myself, I don't want to compete. It's a small town. Right. It's not, it's not big enough. I mean, Charlottesville is a town of about 60,000, so it's not huge. Yeah. So then I said, you know, I want something on the cover that people can't throw away. You don't can't throw away something with cute kids. Just can't. Now, something with nope. a pizza, you look at it and you throw it away. You make a decision in five seconds. Yeah. So the ki kids was an absolute. That's so brilliant. Right. I called it Hometown Magazine, Charlottesville's Hometown Magazine. And then it would be Morgantown, West Virginia's hometown magazine, blah, blah, blah. So I did that. Next unique thing that I did is, is that most people that advertise in magazines are they, you know, it, whether it's a, an auto or a lot of home services, like we had a ton of home services in it. You want people that have higher income. So I didn't do no rent. I did the top 50% of all home values. Yeah. So I quickly purged the demographics and I didn't go to apartments. Because they were typically lower, you know, economically. And if you had a right. home service, it was worthless to you. So when I'm pitching it to Joe, the plumber, I'm like, Joe, listen, you're going to be the only plumber in it. I'm going to the top homes in our area. You know, it, it was, it was the wow. easiest thing in the world to sell. So that was my and, and, unique. Yeah. And I would imagine based on all of that, because it wasn't just about you selling and making a profit. It was about you selling, making a profit and making your advertisers more profitable. Oh, you have to listen, yeah. every, everything in business has to be a win. So it Joe, the plumber was winning. Like he had to, I had 98% renewals. My people to this day, I can see them in restaurants. Like, I oh, love that thing. So it, <laughs> yeah, it worked. I gave them I gave them a tremendous advantage. I went to the very best homes. I eliminated the worst homes. I allowed them to be exclusive. 
Yeah. I sacrificed two th the number one ad space in any magazine would be the front cover. Okay. That's always the most, the, yeah. the best, yeah. but I didn't sell it. I didn't pollute it. It was a very clean cover. Um, so yeah, it, it absolutely was a gold mine and my, my advertisers did phenomenal. And then you could also tell Joe the plumber, hey, by the way, if you have some cute kids you want to put on the front cover. And I did that. I'd have people do it all the time, would be like, oh, I want to put my grandkids or whatever the case may be. It was, I had it so good that everything was a handshake agreement. This was the only agreement I had after the first contract. Wow. I would shake their hand and say, all I ask is you give me one issue notice if you want to drop out. Wow. So is that fair? I said, it's your spot. And you could drop out any time, but you you just got to tell me, hey, Sean, this is going to be my last issue. And I always was able to talk somebody back into it. You know, typically they're going through a financial whatever. Yeah. But that handshake was so much more powerful than a contract in a town like Charlottesville. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, it was it was a gold mine that it's led brilliant. to more companies and more companies. But the basic same principles. That is brilliant. So you, but you mentioned, did you say you got into home improvement too? Yeah. I mean, I'm in home improvement right now and it's, oh. it's, it's, it's really kind of, kind of funny because I don't know the difference between two screwdrivers. I could not put <laughs> together a, in all sincerity. I have the toolbox that I got when we got married. It's a plastic toolbox, like 10 feet from me. I think there's a socket set in there, some type of hammer, oh my a couple God. screwdrivers that have different endings on them. But I couldn't tell you the difference between two of them. And I, what I did is, is that I was in my magazine, I was working with a lot of home service companies, Joe, the plumber, John, yeah. the electrician, you know, Mary maids. And I had two pages of nothing but home and home services. Actually, that was one of my features. I would do like a two page spread of auto, two page spread of home services. So you could buy a cat, buy into a section. So working with my home service people, I, you know, I just started picking their brain on, you know, what worked, what didn't work. So I, had, I wanted to convert my dining room in my house into a home office. So I just wanted the chandelier removed, recessed lights. I just didn't want it to look like a dining room. Right, right. I couldn't get anybody to do it. I would call people on the phone. They wouldn't show up. You know, I was basically trying to get a handyman. Couldn't get anybody to do it. So I get the Genesis idea. I say it comes from what if you could have a handyman company where you call and actually speak with somebody who answers the phone. They send somebody out to your house within 48 hours to give you an estimate. The estimate didn't change. You actually had to honor it and do the work for what you wrote it down for. You'd show up when you said you would show up to do the work. You would stay until you finished. You didn't just do it two hours and come back the next day and the next day and the next day. That was right. my genesis idea. What if? Well, I started that business. It was Advantage Handyman Service again. No limiting name. Could be anywhere in the country. Yep. Tagline, the leader in home repairs and projects. Great branding position. Yep. Gave us yep. a lot of room for growth. Uh, so within six weeks in, we had 54 phone calls in one week and we were printing money like John Gotti. Um, wow. so over 20 years, what I did is I did that. I'm good at branding. So advantage was associated with anything home service. We had an A plus rating with the better business bureau. Uh, we had TV ads. We did like editorials that were kind of like infomercials. Yeah. So then I would, if I wanted to expand, which I did is. Like my first two years, I gave up my salary. I had the magazine anyway, so it didn't matter. And I've never worked in any of my companies, the magazine probably more than any of them. But I basically, I brought in a painter as my partner. I bought out his company. He was in my magazine. It was great. Wow. So he was in my magazine and, and it did great for him. And I said, listen, why don't you, why don't you be a partner with me in my handyman company? You'll do all the painting. I need somebody to be in the office who knows construction. So when people come in and they have a problem, the guys have a problem or a question or if a customer really has, I need somebody to go look at the job and be my eyes and ears. I, yeah. So I bought his company out for $10,000, brought him in as a partner, $49.51. Still my friend to this day. Now he lives in Florida. He's retired, but definitely allowed us to go from $200,000 to a million like in a year. Wow. So, Again, so then we had a painting division and then we added, um, I added, um, which McCall, a, a kitchen remodeling division. Then I added a bathroom division. Then I yeah. added a roofing and siding and I, but I brought in the sharpest people as my partners. Like, uh, you know, that's the secret. That is my, that is my super skill. Yeah. You want to know my superpower? I tell my wife when we go to our big holiday dinner. I say what always humbles me is when we walk into this room, the level of talent 
the people that were willing to come work for me for basically nothing to come yeah. be a partner in the business. Yeah. And I just kind of sold them on, Hey, listen, we're going to make money and, and all my business partners make you know six figures and more and, and yeah. they're all happy, but we just kept rinsing and repeating. Our customers would say, I want, Hey, Sean, you guys did such a great job at this man. Come build our deck. We added a deck division. Come to our roof. We added a roofing division, siding division, a painting, a masonry, a what a, you know. Wow. Zach Benson's watching, by the way. He's who connected us. Oh, that's so great. Zach. Zach's, a, Zach's a good guy. Actually, Zach he's awesome. each other this morning. He's and awesome. He has stayed at my guest house. That's a great story because he yeah. was on. I just wanted to throw him a little bit of advice. You know, he has in Instagram, and I just threw him a couple <laughs> business ideas based on my 25 years. I say, hey, yeah. just an idea. Let me maybe I can share something with you that might be more durable. Yeah. And he sends me an email in December going, I want to come see you. <laughs> so wow. my wife and I, and he brought his friend in from South Korea, yeah. flew into Charlottesville. They stayed in our guest house for five days and, and we spoiled him rotten. My son hey, took him skiing and we just had a great time. His comment is I stayed in Sean's guest house yeah. and broke his pullout bed somehow. LOL. Yeah. He yeah. couldn't fix it. No. <laughs> so he had my to hand, You know, it's funny <laughs> because of that. I, my next division is going to be furniture repair. No, I'm not, I'm not joking it. I'm not joking it. He broke I know you're not. Some, I've got some theater chairs and I told my partners, I said, listen, it's a perfect exit ramp for our older handymen that are in their sixties. Wow. So we're actually going to add a furniture repair. Um, we're just debating whether we started out and make it look like a separate franchise. That way it doesn't affect our brand. And then like two years later we buy it. Yeah. You know, advantage buys, you know, furniture, fix it or whatever the name may be. So yeah, it's funny. He broke my thing, but it's going to lead, it's going to end up making me a lot of money. That is so awesome, man. So, so, you know, I, I love, I love, um, the fact that you ask yourself that, that question. What if, what if, listen, I'm going to blow you away. Ken. this is going to absolutely, what I'm going to share with you next and your listeners, everybody always is like, you know, where do you get great business ideas? Let me just go through a couple questions. I'm going to do what if, and you and your, your listeners and your viewers are going to follow. What if I could guarantee that I could get your package or letter overnight anywhere in the world? That was Fred Smith with FedEx. Yeah. It was a, that was a audacious. What if yeah. I'm not saying I can do it, but what if I could He reverse engineered a company around being able to pull it off? What if I could build a car that any working American can afford? Henry Ford. He reverse engineered by the assembly line, speeded it up, lowered the prices so you could buy a car for like $400 where yep. they were like 2000 Okay, yeah. what if? Yeah. Bill Gates, what if I could had a software that could allow a typical computer to actually be functional and valuable for every computer? Like anybody could have value in their computer based on this software. Bill Gates, Microsoft. They created, you know, they bought Windows, but the whole idea is he wanted every home in America, any office to have a computer on it. At the time, if you remember, software was like you had to type in A, B, D, G, and, yeah. you know, it yeah. was horrible. So yeah. he made computer. What if I could make computers easy? Yeah. I, you know, Apple, what if I could put your entire music library in your back pocket? iPod. Yep. I mean, I can go all the way down. Disney, yep. what if I could take, I love this. What if I could take a cartoon and turn it into a movie? Yeah. There you go. There's Disney. What if I could take the World's Fair and turn it into an everyday experience? There was Disneyland. Yeah. You you can go one after another. Yeah. It's, it's a Tommy John under. What if I give you underwear where you didn't have to pick your stuff and you had a wedgie? What if? <laughs> No, my pillow. What if I could give you the world's greatest pillow and you could sleep better at night? What if? Yeah. It's always a what if. Man, you are so, so right. You're so it's right. One after another. It's what yeah. if. Bill, Warren Buffett, what if I could give you a safe return on your investment? Yeah. We're going to go very strategically. You know, our buying. But what if? I mean, you give it to me. It's like going into a freaking vault. You know, I've had conversations with um, Jesse Itzler, and and he founded the. He's married to Sarah Blakely, the founder oh, of Spanx. Oh yeah, 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 Spanx. And yeah. and that was and, a what if. Yeah, and Jesse, Jesse started. Um, he he founded um, Marquee Jet, 
and 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 yeah and it was the big what if if you've heard his story man it's insane right so i love what you're talking about because i i've i've never really thought about it to be honest i've owned businesses my entire adult life yeah. and i've never thought that yeah that's the reason that is 100 what, what if is the genesis of everything then, then think about this this is brilliant. where it even gets even better this is where what if is even more genius so you have, okay, just simple example. Let's say, what if I could rent you a jet at an affordable price so you didn't need to buy one? Let's just take the net right. jet marquee. Let's just take yeah. what if, okay? Yeah. Well, I could, then you build your business model around that. Well, if you had jets located here and you had this price part, so you realize that you can do it, okay? You have that. So you, you build your entire business around being able to fulfill that one promise. See, yeah. this is the beauty of it. You only have to do one thing great when you answer this question. They're not asking you to do 10 things. FedEx, I just get my damn letter there tomorrow in Uganda. I don't care how you get it there. Put it on the Pony Express, drop it on a cruise ship. <laughs> I just want to know when I pay you this $18 and UPS is 11, that you're going to get it there. Drop it out of a hot air balloon. I don't care. <laughs> but, but this is the beauty. You only have to make one promise. Too many companies try to do 10 and they don't do anything that matters to the customer. I always tell people, God. find the one promise. If you could find the one promise that if you made to your target customer, they would chase you down for your business. Wow. Build your business. Your whole business is around that one thing. You staff it. You create the culture. Everything's around fulfilling that one promise. That is your brand. That That's, becomes your brand. That's it. There is your branding position. Your branding position is what this one promise. Everything falls off of that one thing. We complicate business. But your customer said to you, Sean, the promise that you made to me is you could get this package overnight. That's all I wanted. So I, it doesn't matter anything else. Fulfill that one audacious promise. Oh, my and God. Build your business around that. That's your branding position. That is who you staff. How do you staff? Very easy. Can you help me do this? I want the best people to do this. What's your culture? Hey, we're fanatical about doing one thing. Wow. Package overnight. Hey, coach, I'll listen. I'll give you an example of that. We're the leader in home repairs and projects. We have one art. What if, if you need anything fixed in your house, we are going to put the most trusted, reliable people in there. We're not going to leave your house until you're done. There you go. Yeah. That's our branding position in, in Charlottesville. My secretaries, we got a call recently, and I remember seeing the call sheet. It was an elderly lady, one of her clients, needed two light bulbs put up in her kitchen, like in her, I think it was her um, overhead, over the stove thing. And I was like, hey, just curious, you know, whatever happened, because it was like a 15-minute job. I just randomly, what did we ever do with this? My secretary says, on my way home, I did it for for free. Wow. I, you know, it was. I knew it was going to take five minutes. I picked up the bulbs at Lowe's, and I did it. Wow. Why? Because I have a culture that understands we do one thing. We make people over the top freaking crazy happy if they want anything fixed in their house that they're addicted to us. They can't, it's they're addicted. I got a nine thousand dollar tip last year on a painting job. Jeez. I, no, I'm dead serious. I saved the text in my phone. I could actually literally show this to your audience if somehow I could put this on the screen. I do. I, I save this because it's so crazy. I asked her. You know, because she paid the office too much. Yeah. Here it is. J Jackie Clark, right here. I'm showing you your screen. I don't even know if they could see it. Hold it. Hold your phone up to the yeah, camera. Here's my phone. Okay. But the moral to the story is she gave us like $9,000. Look at that oh. check. 9001 She owed us only the $100 part. I asked her. I said, Jackie, here you go. Jackie, you overpaid us by $9,000. Oh, she my. She said, Sean, you guys were worth it. I just assumed that was the bill. I said, Jackie, it was the dollar sign. The thing that you thought was a nine, it was an older client. It was just a dollar sign written funny. You know, I, whatever. She goes, Sean, you guys are so good. I'd have paid it. I oh said, my we're, we're, we're going to rip your check up and we're only going to charge you $154. I, I joke with her. I said, she, I said, then I'm a shyster. LOL. That is too funny. I ripped your check up. Here, she says, we'll do. Your guys did such a good job. We just thought, okay, in quotes. Oh right my there on my, God. Right there on my phone. Look. Hold it. Okay it was a brackets. Look at it. Look at the look. It's right there. She says, we'll do. your guys did such a great job. We just thought, okay, hey, that's what we do. We have 20,000 addicted customers like that. We're in the we're in the middle of a coronavirus. I yeah. we had 37 
phone calls last week for people that wanted us at their house. Oh my gosh, man. 30, 37. So that woman, that was a $150 job. Well, well, she had already paid us about 5,000. It was a big paint job. Oh, but okay. I, she owed us for the material. Our our business approach is we charge no material markup. You just yeah. reimburse us. That way we yeah. don't have to be perfect. Right. And so right. she owed us like 154. So I, you know, wrote a quick thing and I did the she thought the, the dollar sign was a nine and wrote me a check for nine thousand one fifty-four and mailed it to our office. <laughs> and when I got it, I said, Jackie, I appreciate this, but you overpaid us but nine grand. Her answer is okay, you guys were worth it. Wow. It That's works. Awesome. It's the yeah. one audacious what if. When you what find if. that one audacious over the top what if, and then you can. If you, now the big thing is, can you can you solve it? I get the what if a lot, and then I realize I can't solve it. Mm. Sometimes I get the what if. Yeah. Right. Right. It's either too expensive to solve. Right. Too complicated to solve. Like I'm blown away by, you know, when I think of Bill Gates and FedEx and that's so global in my mind where their brains were like yeah. FedEx, that's so beyond my comprehension that you in 19, early 1980s, you could figure out how to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, some people, their brains are just beyond my yeah. ability to even, you know, their, their what if is Tesla, you know, perfect example. Uh, yeah. I've had, I'm buddies with Grant Cardone and, and, you know, one of the things that Grant talks about is, and, and I wonder if you can relate to this, his, he says his, his biggest, um, regret in life is that he didn't think bigger sooner. It's funny. I speak at colleges all the time and that's what I tell them. I said, you know, knowing what I know now, you want yeah. to set, you got to set goals that are, you know, I call them only God goals. Somebody could tie them to whatever their faith is and whatever it is. Yeah. But I like to look back and I've got stuff all over my weight room where I'm like, there's no logical explanation for that. Like doing a, a, a I did an event with Tony Robbins at wow. the last second. My guy says to me, Hey, listen, we have an opening in the summit thing and we'd love you to be. And I'm just launching my book. This is like six years ago. And I, they send me like the marquee and it was John Maxwell. John Gordon and my wow. photos with him. Now this is okay. My only God goal I was writing in my journal was I want to share the stage with those whose books I've read. Now for two wow. years, I'd been writing that down and a guy that I just meet goes, Hey, listen, we have one opening. We'd love to have you in it. I get the marquee and I see my face next to Tony Robbins. I, I, there's no logical. I've, and the guy who turned me on to that, <laughs> I'd never met in my life in person. Oh my God. So there's no, there's no logic. That's, that's insane, yeah, man. That's why I tell people, man, set some goal that there's no forget. And Grant does this. I, he does this really, Grant does a really good job in his 10 X book. I've read his books Yeah. and, and you got to have things that don't make sense. That, that yes. they don't line up. It's like a plus B equals C and you have no idea what B is. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Okay, this is turning into one of my one of my favorite interviews. I love the way you think, man. So, but let me ask you this: What is the? You keep using the word genesis, so I want to yeah. use it, yeah. and I want to say, what is the genesis to this mindset that you have? Where did did you have parents that were like no, no, Uber entrepreneurs? Oh, listen, I love my parents. They live in my guest house. I was raised by wolves. <laughs> I am the epitome. This is what evolved white trash looks like. <laughs> this is the this is the finished product. I'm I can't even be on Facebook for fear that one of my family members would be my friends because I, I couldn't find you on Facebook. I, I don't want to be. It would That's... be Sean. Can we borrow money? I'm thankful I loaned all my family members money when I didn't really have a lot, like pre thirty. <laughs> now that I'm rich. They've already lost their credit line. It's fantastic. Oh actually. my god! So no, there's no genesis of it. I just knew I didn't want to be poor. Wow. You know, I knew. I just knew that. I knew that struggling for money, based on all my observations growing up, was not very appealing. So wow. I knew I'd make money. You know, I, that's why I went to go work for that job for free because I knew if I was good, I'd make twice as much as people yeah. coming out. I, I'll bet on me any day. Wow. There, there you go. I, me, I, I listen to me. I am the balls on the one yard line. I, I love Grant Cardone. I want the ball. Right. I'm going to yep. fake it. To, I'm going to fake it to Grant, but I'm still running it. <laughs> um, you know, you know, you, you just, and he thinks the same way. You, you know, I'm, I know, sure. I know that Absolutely. mindset. 
We yeah. want the ball. We were, you know, we Dude, were fairly that, confident in what we do. I always joke. Oh, I only got that, like three skills. Zach is Zach's throwing up your your Instagram. <laughs> he said, "Find him at Sean dot Castrino on Instagram." So yeah. uh, that's where you can go ask him for a loan if you're a there family you member. There you go. <laughs> I'm yeah. kidding. So oh, so funny. talk about your your first and and I know you've written a, a, at least a yeah. couple of books, right? Yeah, three books. My and, and three. let me just give this to your audience because yeah. it's during the Corona and. and I'm not going to miss any meals, but I wrote two books. They're on Amazon, Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business, Startup Success, and The World's Greatest Entrepreneur, Fictional Tale. But I just wrote The World's Greatest Business Plan because I read, look at this. this is, you think I was thinking I'm joking. Here's the entire front of every book on Amazon's right here. Every oh, my God. I read, I read all of them, and they're horrible. They're, hor they're absolutely horrible. So I, I wrote a 151-page book that's the only 25 questions you have to answer in a business plan. It's the world's greatest business plan. If you go to my website, seancastrian.com, you can have it for free. It's an $18 book. It's we give you the digital version so that you can actually type out your business plan. We don't, we're not going to sell you anything. It's on the top of my site during this whole Corona thing. Wow. And uh, you, you can have it, but it is the, I joke with my son. It's too funny. Cause every morning I, when I was getting up writing it, I'd say, you know, Colin, this is the world's greatest business plan. I, I literally, every time I would, finish uh, like a few pages and I would explain it to my family at dinner. I go, let me, I, I'd show them a book and show them like how complicated like something is. A simple example. And then I'll leave off my world's greatest business plan that I'm giving away for free. <laughs> yeah. Why does a business plan have a financial projection in it? Now I could go to this incredible book that I'm sure is written by an incredible guy, The Anatomy of the Business Plan. 380 state 80 pages that would make you jump off of your nearest bridge. <laughs> that makes and, right. And he has that makes he, me want to jump. Yeah, and he has a sample company in there. And he has all this project where this is what we're going to make networking get quick ratio. Oh, incredible. This is a fantasy. Yeah. Let me introduce your audience to fiction. Yeah. You have no idea what your company's ever going to make. The only thing that you can account for is what your Startup expenses are and what your ongoing expenses are. Money coming in is a fantasy, is a wish. And so every business plan that has a hypothetical is a worthless business plan to my point. Yeah. So I, I had to rewrite it. And I, I agree. It. It's much more simple and it's. You know, I've heard and I've heard I've heard Grant say this. I've heard a lot of people say this and, and I fall into this category as well. I've never had, I've never started a business with a business plan. Never, not once. And I've been incredibly successful. Yeah. What you typically, well, Southwest Airlines was a business on a napkin. Oprah Winfrey's was a business on a napkin. I mean, yeah. Roger Ebert proposed over dinner said, Hey, listen, why don't you think about syndication? That's kind of how it works. Yeah. I, I don't do the 25 questions so much. I mean, I have what I, and I, I talk about, I have like um, a blue collar business plan that I have about seven or eight questions that are my go-to at this point. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of it. You know, I have about seven or eight that I, I, more than anything, I vet my business idea. Because when you're crazy like I am, <laughs> every idea sounds good inside this big jug of mine. Yep. It's when I expose it to sunlight that it gets destroyed. So right. I go in my office and I bounce it off my partners and I go, well, did you think about that? And I go, nope, there's point number three. That business is out of the way. Yeah. See, the problem is we go into a business and we want to reverse the business plan from this business working. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't do. So you get excited about a business. I want to do this. Yeah. And so all the information supports what you want. So you do a financial projection based on it working. A business plan is allowed to tell you to not do it. Wow. That's the difference in my business plan. You yeah. may get seven questions in the mind and go, you know what? Probably not a great idea. So <laughs> right. I want to, ex you know, I always, this is how I do it. Listen, as the great theologian, Michael Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. <laughs> my business plan tries to hit you in the mouth because right. I, I am as I am as proud as talking eight people out of starting a business. Eight out of ten. Yeah. I'm there's a reason why nine out of ten businesses fail in the first 10 years, reason why 50% fail in the first two. They yeah. were bad ideas. Yep. They should have never been exposed to daylight. That is so true. So true, man. 
And I, I think a lot of people that start businesses don't realize also the amount of, they, they underestimate the amount of work that's going to be involved in owning and operating a business. Yeah. That's why it, I start every business with me not in it at all. <laughs> Because I'm always going to get in it. No, this is it. But yeah. I'm like, I'm like the guy on the bench that might have to play eight different positions. Right. But if you put yourself in it from the beginning, you're a captured agent. Wow. I have never yeah. had myself as the pinnacle, the, the hub of any of my businesses. I'm always floating above. Now I can fill in and I have, but right. I, that's the E-Myth. That's one of the 10 books you absolutely got to read. If you want to be an entrepreneur. Yep. He, he got the fundamental idea, work on your business, not in your business that, you know, as best you can, um, yeah. you know, everybody, it's a different fit for what they do, yeah. but, um, yeah. th that basic concept is not a bad idea. I love that, man. So what's, what's, um, what's coming up for you? What, what's, you know, uh, yeah, I, you know, my big thing is I want to, I want to, I thought about that business plan. I was like, you yeah, know, I'm going to sell, it's going to sell a lot of copies, I even did it in Spanish. I didn't realize the Latin community is like the most entrepreneurial community. So yeah. my PR agent, who's Hispanic, great guy, he goes, Sean, I love this book. Why isn't it in Spanish? I said, I, I don't know. So I just got it translated in Spanish. So it's actually going to be on in Spanish here in a week. Um, which I'm really excited about that. And I, I, you know, I want to give away a million copies. I'm thinking, how cool would that be to actually give away a million business plans so that people can like, again, a business plan is not supposed to get you to run with your business. It's allowed to talk you out of it at the end of a business plan. Then you should be like, wow, I am ready to rush hell with a squirt gun because I I've done all the things and everything points up. Yeah. But, but, um, so yeah, I'd love to give away a million, I'd like to give away a million copies of that book. I think that's kind of my, my thing now. I'm like, how cool would it be to give away a million? So um, you're just now you're just in, um, giving mode. I, I, and I can, yeah, I, I yeah. Was, one of my statements is I give generously from my overflow of income. Yeah. I love yeah, that, man. Yeah. I mean, I look like my friends are funny cause my, my friends are you know, with the Liberty. So it's a Christian school. So a lot of my friends are yeah. pastors and they always yeah. joke that Sean, we just pray that you continue to make money. Cause like, they'll call <laughs> me like this summer, my, my friend was going to Cuba and they were going to do camps for kids, 200 kids every week. And I'm, here's a check. Yeah. Just, well, like for who I, I want all of them. And there's a, just, I want the whole camp. I want every kid. Just That's give me all. the amount. You know, if you, if it, if it's, you know, I'll, I'll sit down with my pastor and he'll go, something he's thinking about. And I'll, sometimes he runs things by me. I'm like, it doesn't really grab me. You know, I hope it does good, but it doesn't really grab me. Then I'll yeah. hit me with something. I, I like that. How much? No, I want to yeah. know the whole thing. Yeah. Great. Here's a check. That's awesome. That's what yeah. it's about, man. How important yeah. is faith in, in business? You know, this is what I can tell you for the what it's worth category. It's the best <laughs> business book ever written. The Bible is the greatest business book ever written. Not even close. Yeah. Not, not, not just read it historically. Yep. It's it, think about it. Jesus Christ started the greatest franchise ever. The church, there has never been anything more profitable, sadly, and more durable. It had a mission statement. Yep. It, it, it nothing is any close to the church. Okay. Okay. So let's just kind of go with that. Second, <laughs> right. second, think about this. I love this poverty mentality. God, never talked about poverty in a, in a great way. Talked about being, you know, in your spirit, you want to be hungry and you want to, you know, be humble. But in Genesis chapter two, he said, gold is good. After everything was created, the first physical thing outside of creation that he talked about was gold. And he said it was good. Right. Then he started everything with Abraham was like the Bill Gates of our day. And then Solomon says, hey, listen, make me wise. He goes, hey, you know what? For a bonus, I'm also going to make you butt deep reach, rich too. You know, so he made him the richest person in the world. Right. Like nowhere is poverty appealing. Wow. It's, and you can't, I always say, people say, well, you're motivated by money. Money is, I say, listen, money's not everything, but it's in the top five. Right. Because you can only give at a one-to-one -one ratio in poverty. You can yeah. give one hour of your time. For one hour. Yeah. I was able to run a camp with 800 kids I will never meet in a country I may never spend time in and have an impact because I was in a position to write a check. Amen. 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 Right. Amen. 
Yeah. So yeah. Dude, th- I, that's make one money of the, and then give it away. Make I have money. one of my dearest friends in the world is a is an optometrist that his his primary business is in Jamaica now, and he has a huge huge ministry down there, and and he helps Jamaicans see. They come in there blind from cataracts, and he has a surgical center, and and he would not be able to do that if it weren't for money. Period. Waddles. I forgot the book in the early 1900s. Wad, 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 oh my God. Um, you know what I'm thinking? Wendell? What, 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 something uh, Waddles. Oh my gosh. I have it in my office. It as, my, it's not as a man thinketh. No, that's James. That's James. Um, James Allen. Um, yeah. I'm going to pull it up on my phone uh, because I know I have it. In, I got like 800 books in my audible library. Yeah. So I'm going to find it before we get off. I'll bet so, I have that one. I know. Yeah, I, it's. I know it's Waddles or Waddles. Waddle, I know it's Waddles. If my buddy Jeffrey Gittimer is watching, um, drop it in. He knows for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Wallace D. Waddles, The Science yep. of Getting Rich. That's it. Yep. Yep. Science of Getting Rich. What is he saying? This is a, he really points this from a very theological standpoint. He goes, let me give you advice. Go make money first. Then you're valuable. Then, get, then yeah. you do one thing first. Become economically independent become an economic engine then you have value yep then you can give it away and you, you if not you give at a one-to-one ratio yep that's right yeah so i, mean, I, look, I at bill gates. I, look at bill gates what he's able to do yeah look at, i mean come on the bill and melinda gates foundation come on he's People, he's literally trying to give away his 100 billion dollar fortune yeah. right now yeah, so look, here's a guy who gets fat, and that's typically they get fascinated with making money, and then they get equally fascinated with giving it away. Yeah, it's in it's innate in most good people. Yep, they get here's, just as turned on by giving it away. I carry in, and I I was in church in Atlanta 30 years ago, and I carry this scripture with me still in my wallet that the pastor handed out that day, and and it's Malachi three. Bring the whole tithe and offering into my storehouse so that my children may have food. Test me in this way. And I, I won't go into the whole thing, but it's. Yeah, but that's the only time yeah. God ever said to test them. Right. That's the only scripture he says, hey, listen, I mean, you think about that. The creator of the universe is going, hey, listen, guys, come on, test me on this one. <laughs> right. I got this. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, I got this one covered. <laughs> my friend said this to me. It's funny you say that. When we were in college, out of college, I was still generous. I, whatever. Yeah. I, I just. Yeah. In any way I could be, my friend who was a pastor at the time pulled me aside. He said, I'm going to let you in on a secret. He said, when God gives the gift of giving, he gives the gift of getting. Yep. And and I've I've never worried about money a day. I mean, really, you know, I, I joke like a year into my marriage, you know, at the time, remember I was raised as wife, white, you know, raised by wolves. We had $10,000 in the bank and I bought a house within our second year. I owned two houses within four years. Money came easy to me. It was, it was, I could see the checkerboard six moves down. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you can't out give God is what I say. You cannot out. Impossible. It's impossible. And you know, I've done it where I give away my last dollar and cause I know, I already know, like it doesn't matter. Like, it's coming back. No, Wait. the math is, I, listen, I'm always looking for an opportunity to do yeah. something. You know, again, now it yeah. has to stir my heart. So it's, sometimes it's not the typical, typically when people pitch me things, I reject them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I get pitched because I'm like a perfect example, and it doesn't even have to be faith-based because I think God, man, if we're feeding, helping people medically, educating people, he's all in. I see the Shriners commercial when I'm watching, you know, golf. That little kid gets up there. My, ch- I'm on my phone. I don't know how many Shriners kids I'm supporting right now. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be missions or faith based because I think God right. has a loves us educating, feeding, and healing people, helping people medically. I, I think He's it. all in. <laughs> I love it, dude. This yeah. is awesome. Hey, I know you're a busy guy. I, I, I want so. Your website, SeanCastrina.com. There's a free, there's a free book on there for everybody. You're gonna love it. It truly is the world's greatest business plan, and and just you'll like it. You know, I have a 10 minute podcast because I have the attention span of a flea. 10 minute entrepreneur. If you like, like I'm a teacher. Like yeah. I don't just rant. I like like 
five reasons to brand, three reasons to do a bit. I'm very granular. Um, I teach at colleges. So if you if my podcast, if you ever want 10 minutes of how to do something on business, yeah. mine's purely business. I'm, I'm there gonna to equip, follow. encourage, and educate entrepreneurs. I, I will definitely be following you on, on your podcast and um, Instagram as well. So um, I know you're not on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know my, my son just told me I need to join a bunch of Facebook groups. He's like, Dad, you need to go in. You need to be. I'm the least social media savvy human being. I care about four to 10 people on the planet, all of which I could text within five seconds or FaceTime. Right, right. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it. Sean, man, Thanks. thank you so much. Hey, I appreciate I, it. It was a lot of fun. Wow. I, I, I'm blown away. What are your first two books called real quick? Yeah. the And you go to Amazon, just put my name in, but eight unbreakable rules for business startup success. 30 second story. I was on the beach and I was like, I wanted to write down the hundred things I wish I would have known now that I, you know, then when I know now and I wrote it and I kind of broke them into things and that became my eight unbreakable rules, knowing what I now know. And then I said, how it'd be kind of cool if I could rewrite this in like a fictional tale. So then I wrote the world's greatest entrepreneur, a fictional tale of those. It's the fictional tale, the story of eight pillars. It's the eight unbreakable rules distilled in a really nice format. And then I was doing business plans and I kept reading these because I speak at colleges and I'm like, like, look at this one page. I know. This I want to throw, that makes me want to throw up. Who would do this? Oh my gosh. It made my head explode. So I had to do something that was simple and I, that was explained in a simple way. And um, so I wrote the world's greatest business plan that I'm giving away on, on my site and you know, that's it. That not is selling so anything. Incredible. That's incredible. I love it. I'm going to get your books today. So um, listen, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Maybe we'll do it again sometime in the yeah. future too. I, hey, I, I never say never. And thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful. I appreciate it. Hey, and thank you, Zach Benson yeah. for the, for the introduction. So don't hang up on me. I'm going to end okay. the broadcast. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate y'all. And we will see y'all later. Thank you, Sean. Thank you.